we know in our minds that we don't even know that we know. Right. Right. Kind of, you know, sort of behind that the kind of that Yeah. So he he was a total genius. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But uh, hmm. but also uh, a bit of a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks guys for coming in and telling about telling us about these shows. Uh, so Freud versus his ego uh, continues on for two more shows. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, September seventeenth and September eighteenth uh, at five p.m. and three thirty p.m. respectively. That was probably not the most logical way to explain that. September seventeenth at five. And 18th at 3.30. There you go. I like it. And uh, moving along, uh, I have the times for that, too, is on... Today at 5. Really? Uh, today yeah. at 5. So oh, right now. Five minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also on Friday and Saturday at 8.30 p.m. on Friday and at <laughs> 1.40 p.m. on Saturday. You saved it there. Yeah. Saved it. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you. Thanks. All right, so uh, we are broadcasting live from the Fringe Festival here outside the Public Market and outside the Granville Island Stage. I don't know why I have to poke my head out and look at the Granville Island Stage every time that I um, I say that. Nick, do you know why? I've, uh, oh, here we go. Hello. I, I can hear you. I don't. Um, I, I don't. I'm sorry. You have to start again. <laughs> okay. I just wanted. To, I, I just hear my something about Granville. What's going on here? Something what? about Granville. Just, just, just you know. I'm you, just rambling. You often, as you often, as do. I often do. Yeah. It's good for radio, though. I guess. It, well, I suppose. Yeah. Well, we're trying to pack a lot of stuff. But well, you. you an hour and a half, but all I hear is blah 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 Wow. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, so let me give you um, a rundown of where we are. Um, we're um, not not geographically, because I've already explained that we are at the French Fest, but um, we still have uh, a lovely show for you, and we are going to be talking um, about uh, several plays. We're going to have The Dark here. Uh, we're going to have fucking Stephen Harper here. We're also going to have uh, Moving Melvin and Capital Alice. Um, but for now... Um, we are going to be talking about, uh, Plank. Plank. Say hello. Hello. How's it going? I am doing well, especially in the drizzle. In the drizzle. Now, now tell us who, tell us who you are and what your, what your title is. And I am Shane. Last name is Burley because I'm that amazing. <laughs> and, uh, the, I'm one of the co-founders of Plank Magazine. <clears throat> that, uh, was a project that we started back in 08. And uh, we just had our second birthday a few months ago. Happy birthday! And uh, it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, it's been it, it was it was born out of the desire to basically take the Vancouver artist groups and say, look, it's time that we had some uh, you know critical reviews of, of shows and things, and it also at the time uh, you know the newspapers and things were dropping a whole bunch of their uh, their arts coverage. Right. Which thankfully, has come back somewhat anyway. Somewhat. And we really wanted to start critical dialogue about what was going on on stages in town. And it's spread to Toronto now, and we also have people uh, on a regular basis in Victoria. Cool. So, in a short time, it's expanded a fair bit. Quite a bit, yeah. And it's all volunteer labor. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you, know, uh, you know, we'd all like to be making money doing this, but sadly, it hasn't uh, come to fruition yet. But, um, but we're trying. Cool. And. Um, this year at the Fringe, you guys have um, have taken on the initiative to review every single show in the Fringe. That is correct. We've done it. It was actually one of the, the in uh, when we first started. It was sort of one of our goals, and we okay. did it uh, in 08, 09, and then this year, of course. 
Um, we were successful first year, and I think we missed a couple of shows last year, but that was because I believe memory serves. The reviewer fell ill partway through and, and had to drop out, so we couldn't have enough people to scramble around. Okay. This year, though, we actually have more than enough. We have okay. we've got the shows covered, and some will be covered twice. So really, and and that's actually what we like. That's actually part of our mandate is to have multiple reviews on on the on, on the same show, um, because we'd like to get as many opinions about shows because our 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 philosophy is that everyone can review a show there's nobody who's you know required or has yeah. the the credentials yeah. or the authority to which a lot of artists tell us you know you don't have the authority to review it's like well yeah i do you i spent money and gave it to you and yeah. as far as i'm concerned i have an opinion all right and that's what we encouraged all of the reviewers to do is, is to not basically not just say nice things about shows um if there is something that that doesn't really work then Say it, you know, say it in a nice way, in sort of a professional way. Um, but at the same time, because my philosophy for myself, anyway, which is part of thing, um, is if I go to a show and it absolutely stinks, then I'm going to say, look, your show sucked. I went, I, you know, I either had a media pass or I gave you money, and a lot of the times I just pay. And uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, if, if it really was terrible, then I will say, look, it was terrible. Here's where you could take it, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, so, here's some opportunity. I try to grow. try to be positive at the end, you know, even though I, you know, care. Like, you should never be on stage again because if you are, I will hunt you down and tickle <laughs> you and tickle you wet your pants. Um, so yeah. Wow, that's a good promise. <laughs> I think. Um, now they're all terrified Nick, of it. Yeah, Nick, let me bring you in here. Uh, Nick Sartori is a correspondent for the Arts Report, and uh, he has a podcast up for This Fringy Life. If you haven't seen that, check it out at citr.ca. Uh, Nick, uh, earlier we were reading some prank. Uh, some plank- prank, prank. Some prank. <laughs> we were, we were, trying, we were attempting- Some people do say that that's what they are. <laughs> and um, you said that um, that the reviews are often... What they're very well. They were they were um, the ones that we read, and I think you just you just said it, Shane. They were they were they were polite. I mean, you you were very direct, and it was you know some some of them were just like this show was this show was not good. I don't go watch the show. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it was not good. And and others were just very you know like they weren't too nice, but they were like you know uh, you know to the point. I suppose for lack of a better word. Yeah, they were trying to find that. They were trying to find the right word for this. Yeah, and, uh, we floated around. Um, Poignant for a little while. Yeah, but sometimes you're not poignant. I threw out the word succinct. Succinct was, I think, well, a better way to explain it. When we that. send the reviewers out in the field, we tell them that they should be direct, they should be fair, um, but also don't hold back. Like, if, if you see something that was really awesome, say, this totally rocked and you should go see it. If you don't, then, you know, fall off the planet now. Um, but also the opposite is true. Like, if the show was really bad, that they, uh, you know, just, we're there to, I don't know, I don't, the show just didn't work or whatever the reason is, but say, this show just doesn't work. It just does not work. And that's also the thing why we try and have multiple people doing them, because if we can get more than one person to a show to review it, uh, you're going to have more than, than just two pairs of eyes. You're gonna, or you're going to have the, the single person, you're going to have the other person's opinion, and they could be completely different. And at the same time, we also want people to play with the format of a review as well. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had some reviews that have been discussions between the two people that went. Some of them have been okay. poems. Uh, really? you know, oh yeah, there's a probably I think '08 was when we had a couple of poems going back. But they were, you know, this show was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I like, died a little today. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish that I had stayed in bed. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean that's sort of the goal is is to not placate the artists that we really want them to work for the art because I find at least personally, I find that the environment that the the artists are working in that a lot of them have found lazy ways of putting things on stage. Mm-hmm. 
And you don't want to let them get away with that. No, exactly, because they are charging people money to come yeah. to these things. And, you know, people go out there, they go to movies, and, and this is the comparison I always make. Because you're not, you have the authority to review a show. Well, uh, hogwash, because where did, you know, Ebert go to school to learn right. how he went into journalism? But does that give him, you know, more credentials than you going to a movie? Yeah, yeah I don't think so. I think yeah. that they're on the same field. So that's what I like about well, and one, of, one of the great things we were talking about, Adam, before we came on air was that um, it's the way that the plank reviews are structured, I mean, it's on your website, that people can come on and they can comment. So I think you guys are yeah, yeah. encouraging commentary from, from the audience. I mean, those are the people that the, that the artists should be concerned about in the first place anyway. Well, exactly. You know, that's, that's their audience. I think happening. I think they've yeah. forgotten the audience. And, and that's, you know, so if we have, like, a cool review or an awful review that the people that made the show or the people, other people that went and saw it, they can hear free to come and go, All right, you should be hunted down or, you know, whatever. Yes. Let's, uh, let's cut to the nitty-gritty with uh, maybe one more minute. Uh, what, what sucks? What sucked? Oh, oh, I have one that sucked. Oh, okay. um, it, well, it's you know they they tried, and I and I think uh, in, in an upcoming podcast on CITR we're gonna we're gonna talk about this show, so I won't talk about it for very long. But Framed, which was one of the clown shows at Playwrights Theater Center, it um you know I I think Shanda Walters, who's the other contributor who did podcast review, said you know it the show she was seeing in her head was was really good. So she was watching them do the show, you know, and she, we were thinking the first time they did the show, it was probably really strong, but uh, but it, it didn't quite end up as, as, as well as we had hoped. Um, so that's one that I that I saw this past weekend that I thought wasn't uh, wasn't perhaps as strong as it could have been. Jane, what's the buzz at Plank? Uh, the buzz at Plank? Um, there's quite a few shows that have had a lot of commentary. Okay. I, uh, controversial I shows, maybe controversial, controversial, controversial reviews in this case, uh-huh. uh, where we've had you know lots of people upset about what the reviewer said. But you know we stand behind what the reviewer said. We don't post stuff. We don't post things that are just complete. You know, yeah. this show sucked because I hate them, and you know right. I, I, I hate them on the street. No Maybe buy me a beer. Well, yeah. you know, sorry, that doesn't work. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff so far. Um, should I mention any? I don't know how much time we have left. Yeah, uh, and then we'll have to. Okay, the one the one show that I, that uh, I'm going to be posting a review on a bit later on is uh, Capital Alice, which I'm looking around, going, is the cast nearby? Well, actually, they're on. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, they tried really hard, but it it does fall apart because they the script was just not strong enough. Like it, and some of the and I'm going to pick on them a little bit for the singing. They can't sing not one of them. Um, the music was really low just to bring their voices out, um, but the rest of the music throughout the rest of the show was really loud, and I felt that was such a difference that you just could not, I couldn't let it slide. I'm like, no, guys, look, you can't sing, so don't have musical parts in your show. Okay, thank okay, you. And we're we're basically out of time, but let's throw in one really good show. Where's the buzz that this is amazing? It's the best of Value Village. Um, Value Village. One of the ones that I've seen recently uh, was uh, the Bocos, uh, Bocos there, there, and uh, they're doing two shows right now. They're 15 minutes each. Um, I've seen both, and Value Village really stands out. It's very sharp, it's very quick, and the performer has such strength in doing uh, improvisational stuff that they were able to... Basically, the show, they incorporate the audience into it, and you're supposed to be inside somebody's head, you're supposed to be sort of figments of their imagination, and, uh, yeah, she she has such strength in that process that, uh, yeah... I probably would go see it more than once, actually. Really? Right on. Great. Okay. That's all we have time for. But uh, Shane, Mr. Shane Burley. <laughs> the honorable oh, Shane Burley. Like <laughs> yes, please. Thank <laughs> you for calling me that. I will. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, we look forward to more uh, more reviews. Is that it? Well, there's a um, go I still have about six to go. Okay. Uh, I know that there's probably about, about ten that are left, um, just because some of the shows... Uh, 
either canceled or moved their part okay. of their schedule stuff. So great. And what's so what's it's plankmagazine.com, right? Plankmagazine.com. And I want to be on your podcast because, you know. We should talk. I, I would love to be on Okay, that. you guys talk off air. And, um, yeah, you're listening to Arts Report live on CITR 101.9 FM and uh, on the web at CITR. .ca. This is our very exciting live broadcast. I don't know how this sounds on the air. It's, is it a bit tinny? I don't know, but that's the magic of, uh, of radio. But uh, we're broadcasting here until 6 o'clock, and uh, we have a lot of fringe content because we're on site. We are live uh, from Granville Island, just outside the public market and the, uh, the fringe box office. So uh, come check us out if you can. Now, uh, in on the uh, we have I should describe this uh, for radio listeners. Let me describe what uh, what we have. We have a lovely tent here, and it's drizzling slightly um, outside of it, but that's okay because we are protected. And we actually have taken over a bench outside the um, the French box office, and this is our sort of like our our guest bench, our radio bench, our magic bench. Enough about benches. All right. So with me here now, I have the the cast and director of The Dark. And I have Sarah, Sarah Dixon. Hello. Hello. Um, Let's start with you. Okay. Um, Tell us about The Dark. Give us a quick uh, synopsis for people, uh, you know, picking shows to go to. Um, The Dark is about a group of people who live in a land that's eternal sunshine. And they find a little piece of the dark, and they decide that they need to bring it back so that they can have night and day. And that's a very sort of simple synopsis of it, obviously. Right, because it's very hard to describe. It's a very visual and very, dare I say, sensual piece, like in the sense that it, it, mm-hmm. it's a, it, the story is told via all of the senses, not... not Definitely. Definitely, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's... Um, a very sort of, we created a story to thematically explore ideas of dark and light. And in this, it's, you know, we've taken the twist of turning the dark into something that's desired um, and sought after as opposed to being afraid of it. Right. So you guys are dealing with sort of uh, almost like yin and yang in the sense that not necessarily good and bad, but uh, light and dark. Yeah. And it's all, you know, it's, and there's light and dark in everything. Right, exactly. There's, there's <laughs> so it's really interesting, yeah. and light can be dark, and dark can be light, and mm-hmm. illuminating in its own kind of way. Mm-hmm. And all of that sort of comes out in different kinds of ways in the show. All right, great. Let me steal that microphone from you, mm-hmm. and uh, let, me, let me talk to the cast. Give us your name. Um, my name is Julia Shedlanovka. And who do you play? I play Poppy in the dark. Okay, tell us about Poppy. Um, well, Poppy is sort of, um, oh, I don't really know what to say. Well, we're all clown characters. Okay. And um, there's sort of a group within a group of Ruby, Aloysius, and Poppy. And we all sort of keep the group together in uh, making the dark when other people fail and get afraid of it. Yeah, so she's very um, stuck to her task. Yeah. Okay, she's determined. Yeah, core. Okay, and what is your name? I'm Fran. And who do you play? I play Flora. Okay, tell us about Flora. <clears throat> Flora okay. is a kind of more sad and has some more strange feelings she has to deal with. She's uh, darker. Yeah, a little bit darker, which in a way stops her from being able to make the dark because she has to deal with all that stuff, trying to get through it. But um, it's just an ensemble piece that's like so much of the character comes from the people around you. You know, it's just so relationship-based. It's really fun. Cool. Yeah. Okay, what's your name? Josh Malad. And who do you play? Aloysius. Okay, and who is he? Um, I guess from a first glance, Aloysius is kind of like 
the opposite of everyone else because he is all for the dark and he kind of breaks the rules of having to keep everything inside of him and he just wants to make the dark as fast as possible and he's kind of the one who has to be pulled back by everyone to slow it down and yeah he's stubborn and a little bit crazy but yeah can <laughs> you comment on what you're hearing about these self descriptions from the actors no it's great it's all it's all accurate um we really try to because it's easy to get two-dimensional when you're talking especially when you're talking yeah. about dark and light and yeah. all of that so we've tried really hard to go beyond all of that so there's definitely this three-dimensional quality to all of these characters and they contain all of those kinds of things um and it definitely is an ensemble piece. Tell us a little about, uh, about your your audience. What's uh, what are audiences saying? What are they thinking? What's uh, what's maybe surprised you about fringe audiences? Um, I don't know if I've been surprised. I I really enjoy watching the audiences watch the show. Um, it's not a sort of necessarily a laugh out loud sure. show, but it sort of creates a sense of delight. Okay. Um, almost like a kid seeing something for the first time that's really exciting, that just captures you. Um, and the show is only half an hour, so it goes by really quick, and the audience is sort of captivated right from the get-go and pulled right in and um, just full of little giggles and um, surprises, and you watch them sort of react and really sort of stuck with um, the cast as they go on their journey. Cool. All right. Now, how many more performances do you... Uh, I have it right in front of me. Yeah. yeah. I did my homework. Um, all right. So, what did I do with this? I hear this. The dark. All right. Let me tell you now um, about the shows. You, is it only one show that's left? We have three shows. All right. Let's use a better source. Thank you. Um, we have, you have three shows left, mm-hmm. and that's Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. You betcha. On Thursday, uh, that will be at 6.35 p.m., on Saturday, it's at 3.25 p.m., and on Sunday, the last day of the Fringe at 8.05 p.m., and this is at the False Creek Community Center. Interesting venue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite good. I, was, I wasn't sure about it, but it, it worked out really well. Has it been used as a, as a Fringe venue before, or is this the first time? I'm not sure about that, actually. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it I'm before. not sure about you're, that, yeah. You're a pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it sticks around. It's working really well for us. Great. And uh, for more information, uh, can you go to www.rebelcon.com? Yeah, you can check out our website for sure. That'd be great. we got all kinds of info on there. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks very much to, um, to you guys and uh, Break Legs and the rest of the room. Thank you so much, Adam. All right. So that is the cast and director of The Dark. And um, something is happening now. Let me tell you, we are broadcasting live uh, from the Fringe uh, Festival. And um, we, uh, it's, a little, it's drizzling a little bit, but we are uh, forwarding on. Forwarding is not a word. Hi. Marching on. Marching on. Thank there you. We go. Thank God <laughs> you, you, you sat down. Um, tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Rob Salerno, mm-hmm. and I am a, uh, a journalist and a performer. And I'm doing a show at the Vancouver Fringe Festival called Fucking Stephen Hart. Can I say that? Yes, yes, you can. We gave a full warning at the start of the show. Okay, good to know. Um, While well, I ask after, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm doing a show called Fucking Stephen Harper, How I Sexually Assaulted the 22nd Prime Minister of Canada and Saved Democracy. Wow, that, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, where do I, I don't know where to begin there. Let's start with, how, um, it's an interesting mix that you are uh, a performer as well as a journalist. 
Tell us about that. Which one did you do first? Uh, well, actually, um, I, I started in journalism. I, I actually uh, uh, had always uh, wanted to be a journalist when I was, uh, when I was a kid, and I went to university uh, at McGill, where uh, I studied political science and English, hoping that uh, that combination would lead, lead to a lucrative career in journalism. Uh, How did that work out? Well, um, the odds of, uh, of, of getting a paying uh, a, a, a career in journalism are, are about um, a little bit worse right now than the odds of getting uh, a lucrative career in uh, film, television, and theater. So, uh, <laughs> so really terrible. Um, not really terrible. I, I've actually done uh, quite well for myself over the last uh, four years since I... Uh, five years since I graduated from McGill. Well, let's get into that because that's sort of the subject of, uh, of the piece. Yes. Is um, an incident that you had with Stephen Harper as a journalist. As a journalist, yes. Um, so uh, I, was, uh, I was covering the 2008 federal election for uh, the newspaper that I do uh, freelance work for. Uh, the newspaper is called Extra. It's Canada's gay and lesbian newspaper. And... Um, uh, I was uh, tasked with uh, interviewing each of the leaders of the federal uh, uh, the federal parties, and uh, could not get an interview with Stephen Harper. Um, and so uh, I uh, I did a lot of work to uh, to get that interview, and instead found myself uh, arrested for sexually assaulting the prime minister. All right, and um, and um, wow, I, I I totally flew away for a second. <laughs> but um allow me to to come back and um and ask you what um wh what is the format of the show because it's not necessarily like um a straight narrative well story. uh i i'm actually on the road promoting my memoirs uh okay. which uh are are a full accounting the true story of what actually happened on that fateful day in September 2008 when I was arrested. And uh, what I'm, I'm doing, what I've been go doing uh, all across the country this summer is uh, uh, promoting my memoirs on a tour where I recount the full story of what actually happened. Uh, so it's a book tour. Mr. Yes, it is a yeah. book tour. Uh, so um, uh, you come and see my show and I tell you the, the full story of what actually happened. And um, uh, yeah, that's uh, it. I, and, and I'm promoting my, my book, and I also have, uh, I also have these um, Buck Stephen Harper buttons and T-shirts that I'm, I'm selling on the road, and, and it's, uh, it's, been, it's been quite fun to see uh, who ends up buying these sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I, I, get, uh, I get these these really sweet old ladies who come up to me, and they just curse Stephen Harper, and they say, I want to get, I want that T-shirt, because I'm going to be wearing it the next time Stephen Harper comes into my <laughs> I, Like, I was, I was actually floored. I did the show in, uh, in Edmonton, of all places, and, and I thought I would be like run out of town, right? Conservative but, country. Yeah, no, but it was it was actually it was yeah. really uh, really popular at the Edmonton Fringe Festival, and and uh, people uh, uh, the the t-shirts just like I you know I, I couldn't keep enough of them. Uh, I, I sold so many of them, and I, I'm just like imagining right now so many people in Edmonton right now. Stephen Harper. Something like 150 people are wearing fuck Stephen Harper t-shirts and buttons in Edmonton right now, I think, which is which I think is absolutely fantastic. In fact, the the local MP for uh, for the riding in Edmonton, Linda Duncan, uh, she's the NDP MP. She's the only non-conservative in the province. She came and saw the show, uh, and uh, and begged me for a poster that she could put up in her office. Is that right? And uh, and yeah, and uh, and said uh, and 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 she uh, she bought uh, 20 buttons that she could give out to her her, her staff uh, to wear, which uh, I think is absolutely fabulous. Uh, she's a uh, she's a wonderful lady. She's very 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 nice, very polite. Now let me ask you: in the states, there's a very tense political climate. Um, 
has a very sharp divide between left and right, and you know everybody has their own TV network, you know where they spew vitriol at each other. And um, I just wondered, do you, is, is this just a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, or or is there is there um, a determined effort on your part to to uh, take Stephen Harper down in any way you can? Well, what I'm doing is, you know, I'm 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 presenting my side of the story, what what happened uh, it, during this encounter. But uh, I think it is, I think it's really important that uh, the theater does engage, uh, does engage us politically about the uh, the major issues that are going on today. And uh, uh, you know, I I, I think um, uh, in this uh, in this play, I, I present uh, a number of. Uh, of major issues of concern that I, I don't think are getting enough play in the mainstream media right now um, uh, that are that should be a concern to people of all political orientations. And, you know, I have had uh, people of all political orientations come and see my shows, uh, liberals, NDPs, conservatives, non-aligned. I've even had some blockies come and see the show. And uh, and I know this because, you know, they, they, they shout it out during my show, you know, uh, or they come up to me afterward and they say, you know, I'm a conservative. I didn't didn't know any of this stuff, and uh, and you know, thank you for for letting me know this. And I get, I actually get a lot of people who just, you know, who don't really know a lot about what's going on in in politics in Canada. Who say, you know, thanks for that, uh, thanks for the refresher, thanks for letting me know how how this uh, how this stuff works and and uh, why it's so important. And uh, and I think that's uh, that's really great. It's you know, it's one of my favorite things about doing this tour. Cool. Now tell us uh, how many shows are left, when, and where are they? Uh, I have three shows left, uh, as two of them as part of the Fringe Festival. Uh, I'm on uh, to tomorrow night at 8.30 and Saturday night at 7.35 at Performance Works. Uh, that's as part of the Vancouver Fringe Festival. But I'm also doing one additional show uh, Friday at 8 p.m. at J Lounge, which is at 1216 Butte Street at the corner of Davie. Uh, tickets, are, tickets are available at the door for that one only. Uh, they're not part of the, it's not actually part of the Fringe Festival, but uh, I'm hoping to get a good turnout there as well. Um, there are still tickets available for all three shows, but uh, the tickets are going quite fast. So uh, if, you're, uh, if you're planning on coming, um, you may want to reserve. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to, hope to see you there. And I'd also like to say that uh, a portion of the proceeds from all of the shows are going to a, a really great cause uh, here. It's, uh, it's called AIDS Vancouver, which is a local community organization that helps people living with and affected by HIV and AIDS uh, in the greater Vancouver area. So it's all the, the money stays local and really helps people in the community who need the support. Perfect. Well, thanks very much for, uh, for coming in. Thank you for having me. All right. So that's uh, Rob Salerno of fucking Stephen Harper. I'm going to say that one more time. Uh, we're broadcasting live from the Fringe Fest um, just outside the public market and the Granville Island stage uh, here on Granville Island for the Vancouver International Fringe uh, Festival. And uh, now we're going to go to an interview that I did um, a little earlier um, here on the, on the broadcasting bench uh, with David Jordan, the executive director of the Fringe Festival. Let's hear that. Okay, so we are at the uh, broadcasting booth here, and I am with Executive Director David Jordan of The Fringe. Hello, David. Hi, Adam. So, um, here we are, and it's several days into into the uh, Fringe-mess uh, period. <laughs> how, are, um, how are you enjoying this, this multi-day uh, festivity? Well, it's really great. You know, I wait all year for this. Not everybody does, but I do. It started to sprinkle just now, which is, uh, well, you know, might seem bad, but... Uh, 
we set an attendance record on Sunday with it pouring. So with it pouring. Yeah, so now I look at rain totally differently. <laughs> In a whole new light. You're hoping it rains. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a bit about that. That was um, that was the Sunday, so like the opening weekend of the Fringe. And uh, what, what kind of record was it? It was, uh, well, we, we, it was the highest attendance for that day. Um, and that, and that includes like going back to like 2004 when we were running a hundred shows. This year we're running 82 shows. So even with the lesser shows, we, we beat the record. So it was yeah. the biggest Sunday, yeah. or the biggest first Sunday yeah, yeah. So, ever. ever. <laughs> yeah. 3,500 bums in seats. Yeah. yeah so. Pretty awesome. Now, um, I didn't know this, but the Fringe didn't begin on, on Granville Island. It started on Main Street. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they uh, they started up uh, Main Street, Mount Pleasant, uh, and then, uh, you know, storefronts. And, you know, that, that was really what it was. And then they, they moved it over to Commercial Drive in uh, 1995, I think. It was alive on the drive. Uh, and it was really kind of, it was still pretty spread out. Like, alive on the drive went, meant from all the way from, like, yeah, the from Trout Lake to the Fire Hall, so that's a pretty big spread. So you really needed your car to sort of lug yourself from from show to show. Yeah, but then they did have a really. I think they had a pretty cool, you know, relationship with the businesses there. They had the park, Grandview Park, and stuff. And then in 2000, they moved down here to Granville Island. That first year, they were also uh, they were over in Yale Town a little bit too. So that was, it was <laughs> wow. yeah, it was, couldn't do that today without the. I don't want to disparage those people, but they're not necessarily the, the fringiest of folks that you have. Yeah, well, you never know. You yeah, never know. Kind of, yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. And um, now, Fringe originally started in Edinburgh, sort of literally on the fringes of the of their, I guess, the, the theater? The Edinburgh, yeah. Festival, the Edinburgh Festival, General Arts Festival, yeah. Mm. And so in 1947, seven groups not invited to perform, perform anyway. Yeah, and, exactly. yeah, and it was a journalist, Robert Kemp, who coined the phrase, you know, the fringe of the festival, and he was like, you know, talking about how what was going on there was so exciting that they were going to be staying, you know, there would be many like uh, sleepless nights because they were so excited about it. Yeah, so that's passionate cool. about it. I love yeah. that, you know, and yeah. that's, that's still, you know, a big part of the fringe here is like, we're up late. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this, so perhaps, this year, perhaps a little bit more so than before because you have uh, even more bring your own venues. Uh, in, than ever than ever before. Yeah, yeah. There's 30. We have 30 different groups performing. Uh, yeah. Bring your own venue. So that's that's a record. Yeah. And that, did that just happen? Sort of. Did that just evolve that way, or was there, was there a concrete push to be like, we need more of these fringe-like venues? Um, well, it was it, it was really a, a kind of a cost-effective thing. Um, okay. That was a way for us to uh, add groups to the festival without incurring the cost of, of us renting the venue, because uh, uh, you know we have a limit in terms of how much we can do. But there's still the you know the uh, increased demand from the artists themselves wanting to do those shows. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we also always, you know, we always want to make room for those site-specific works because mm. you know they're really unique and they really do add that that uh, interesting flavor to the festival. Yeah, they certainly do. Like with um, Escape Artists, to name just one, um, kind of takes takes the uh, the Granville Island over a little bit more than than just inside the venues. Yeah, yeah and that's that's actually something that we're going to be pushing for in the future to you know consciously. Uh, Encourage you know that type of uh, you know little little bits of theater here, there, and everywhere on Gravel Island. I have to ask you about uh, opening night when you um, rocked out with you, Roten Punta, and there was this incredible picture of the two of you like doing a scissor kick in the metro. 
Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, you know that picture is. Everyone's told me about that yeah. picture. It's gotten around. I had no, I, I, I had no idea how much a picture could get around. But yeah, I thought I was gonna look like a, a gimpy version of him. Uh, but it, I turned out I looked like cool. So, like, yeah, it uh, seemed like you were going toe to toe with him. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's about as cool as I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> or perhaps ever. No. Yeah, exactly. The pinnacle. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, um, now, uh, as, a, as a final as a final thought, um, you've surely had uh, opportunities to see a few shows, um, even though you're you know coordinating this massive effort. So I'm just wondering, um, what shows have you enjoyed so far? Oh yeah, I've seen tons of shows, and uh, most of them have been really great. Uh, some of them blow my mind. I really like uh, the Boca del Lupo um, uh, micro series. Yeah, they've got these two like 15 minute plays. I've only seen one of them, but I saw the one I saw is just great. Uh, it's called Capsule, and it's about these uh, two astronauts floating in space, um, communicating via Skype. <laughs> it's got, you know, I know it's uh, it's really fantastic. It's got this sort of air of absurdity to it too, but it's just totally awesome. Have you seen Seven Samurai? I have not seen Seven Samurai. Got a few Seven Samurai. <laughs> a lot of people. My brother-in-law is actually uh, planning a Seven Samurai marathon where he's watching the movie. Then he's gonna then he's gonna come down and see the play. And if they have time, then they're gonna go watch Magnificent Seven. Oh my God! Yeah. And actually, David Gaines, the uh, performer writer of Seven Samurai, says he should also add to the list a Bug's Life. Because apparently, A Bug's Life is also the same story. No way! It's actually sort of retelling of, of the Seven Samurai. Apparently, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much for coming down. We've uh, survived a bout of rain, and um, but who knows? Maybe an attendance record is too beaten. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Cool, man. Yeah. It's, uh... All right. That was Executive Director David Jordan of the Fringe uh, Festival. We are here broadcasting live for art, for the Arts Report at, uh, just outside the public market here. And um, with me now, I have Moven Melvin Brown. Hello. How are you doing? Doing great. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, so tell me about your show. It's not necessarily a play. It's not a clown show. What, how would you describe your, your show? <laughs> Uh, I to describe my show is uh, well, it's a musical trip, a uh, journey actually, a musical journey. It's a true story uh, through black music history uh, from the early 1950s uh, up into the 90s, and uh, I cover most of the, the the you know the big acts of black music history: Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, you know, Otis Redding, band, James yeah. Brown, Jackie yeah. Wilson, and more. Yeah, yeah. And then you also you also tap dance in the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. And what else do you do in the show? This is like, you're just a one-man machine. You're just well, an idea. You don't just sing. No, no, I sing. I, but I cover most of the songs, I, I think. Uh, and then I uh, I tell some stories. What I do is I carry on three parallels. Okay. My life, the life of music, and the life of the, of the country from 1950 on. So you hear stories about, you know, the artists and their lives and what was going on and what was going on in the country and what was going on personally in my life also. Yeah. So, and where are you from originally? I, originally, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. And I live in Austin, Texas. Now. That's a better place to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better place to live, is it? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's warmer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's <not. laughs> I see. Uh, That's great. And... And so 
well, give us a taste of that a little. How how has um, how has the country changed, and how have you changed? Well, the country has changed in, in, in the way that, well, you know, in in 1950, uh, when I was a little kid. I mean, it's like uh, you you didn't hear black music on the radio, and uh, it didn't start until around 19. 19- 55, you could actually hear black music on the radio. But then when it started, then it's like just, you know, this big outburst. You know, people are like, oh, wow, what, you know, what is this? Where is it coming from? Then you start to see the artists on TV, and, you know, people like, uh, you know, Little Richard and James Brown, you know, Stevie King, Jackie Wilson. You start to see these people on TV. And then it just starts to flourish from that point on. And, and uh, you know, because uh, a lot of people don't realize that in America before that time, you, you only hear, was hearing uh, like uh, classical music or some country music once in a while, but there was there was no real beat music right. that I had. Right, because back then rock and roll was like yeah. devil music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when it caught on and it started to happen, it happened, you know? <laughs> and how about today? Like, um, um, Well, today... It's a completely different world today. Yeah, well, today... What a lot of people don't realize is that with the music scene, uh, a lot of the music that you hear today, in fact, a, a major part of the music that you hear today, it came from those roots of, of black music because uh, when they brought the Africans to America, there was no such thing as rhythm, you know, rhythm music. There was only, you know, you know the classical and stuff like that. But then that. Uh, now you you hear even the rock groups and a lot of the rock groups and all the music that you're hearing like that becomes you know that actually can be considered rhythm music basically. It, it, and a lot of the head is beginning with, with soul music, black music. So so those guys were pioneers in that sense that they they were bringing forth that music, you know. <laughs> so now you've been on on this tour. You've been uh, all over, literally all around the world, from, yeah. from Australia and then all the way to here. And along the way, um, at uh, I believe Brighton, you were awarded the Best International Act, yeah. nominated for Star of the Festival. Yeah. In New York, you were chosen as Outstanding Performer, yeah. and Orlando Best Male Performer. Yeah. And so just uh, give me a, a sense of the audience reaction. What? Uh, how does the audience walk away from your show? Well, uh, I think uh, well, I think the lady in, in uh, Edinburgh describes it best. She says, it's, it's, "You know, you can't help but to get hung up in the toe tapping, your hand clapping. You know, it's a hallelujah show. You know, <laughs> because uh, if there was, I did my show first in Edinburgh. It was the first time I actually did the show." And I could only get on at 11.35 at night, and I thought, well, it's not a good time, but, you know, so 11.35 at night, I was there, and there was only a couple of people, and, and one of them was a journalist. Okay. And she said, uh, she said, you know, they, they told me I need to do this uh, review, and she said, I wasn't up for this, and, you know, it was like, hey, you know. You know, it's late, and I want to go home, and I want to sleep, and I, you know, had a hard day, and and I just, you know, didn't want to see any more of anything. She said, but I said, I'll get to this, this, this show, and I'll write the review. But after the show, she came to me, and she said, I've never seen such a show in my life. Wow. She said, this is the greatest show I've ever seen, and she wrote a five-star review. And uh, from that time right on, my place is still, I had people sitting on the stage. Wow. And, <laughs> 
All right, let me ask uh, Francesca. Yes. And you are the, you are... Um, I'm the producer, manager, producer. promoter. <laughs> Woman extraordinaire. For Melbourne Brown. Yes. And uh, just uh, speaking of sort of, in the, you know, uh, globe hopping, um, I understand that uh, that you had some uh, passport trouble recently. <laughs> oh, well, no, not really, not recently. But the last time we came to Vancouver, uh, 2008, uh, uh, we actually were, uh, you know, we were supposed to arrive... Uh, on a certain date, but then at the airport, the, my passport detached from the cover, uh, from the hard cover, and so they couldn't uh, let me go because they said, oh, you are flying to the States, they will stop you for sure, so forget it. <laughs> we don't let you go because otherwise uh, the, we get in trouble also, we get penalties before let you go like that. So we had to stop and we had to cancel two shows, oh, wow. and uh, we, we, it was very funny because <laughs> we arrived here in Vancouver at 7 p.m. after a very long trip, and, uh, and then we, Melvin did the first show one hour later at 8 p.m., <laughs> and it was fantastic. And uh, after all, Melvin was, uh, Melvin's show uh, was a pick of, pick of the show, pick of the festival, sorry, pick of the fringe anyway. So it was, you know, it was a fantastic situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't think it would happen because, of course, you know, we had uh, two shows less than uh, the other people. So, but it still happened. So that's what was good. Yeah. So that's Moving Melvin Brown, and the show is called A Man, A Magic, A Music. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there are three shows left that you can catch on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday at the review stage here on yeah. Temple Island. On Thursday, it's at, ooh. Uh, yes, I wrote the European way yeah. on the yeah. flyer. At 6.35 on Thursday, yes. at 5.30 on Saturday, yes. and 3.30 on Sunday. Oh, you got it. Uh, oh, no, you are great. Thank you guys for coming. Yes, that's fantastic. Thank you. So we are uh, nearing the end of our show, but uh, we have one segment left, and that's Capital Alice. Um, which are just going to be getting ready in here now. Um, I apologize in uh, in the uh, Rob, the interview with Rob Salerno. I literally had to throw my headset off and uh, and talk to Bronwyn, our live broadcasting uh, uh, extraordinaire woman, and just figure out where are we, how much time do we have left, what are we doing, um, because I just had no idea. We we we're not playing any PSAs as, as you as you've noticed. We have no ads, so we're just. It's a marathon session for me, so I came back. I put my headset back on. Rob had uh, finished speaking, and then I was like, ah, now what do I do? So, yeah, apologies for that, but that's the, the magic of, uh, of, live, of live radio. So uh, now I have with me um, the cast, I guess, the two members of the cast from Capital Alice. Yes. Tell us yeah. who you are. I'm Lau Sequin. Um, I'm Anushka Ratnaraja, and we actually also have Emily Griffiths here, but she sadly does not have a headset. Um, and we're the three cast members, writers, creators of uh, Capital Alice, which is a show in the Fringe Festival as now. Yeah, tell us, uh, give us a rundown of the of the story. Okay, so basically, um, <laughs> so it's it's Alice in Wonderland set in a mall. So. Um, you know, Alice falls down the rabbit hole in her retail job and um, goes on to 
kind of meet a whole all the absurd and twisted characters that you would normally meet that you would meet in a, the normal Alice in Wonderland story, I suppose normal, yeah, as normal as that is. But um, is, yeah. yeah, so she falls down this rabbit hole inside the shopping mall, and she meets all of these different characters with a very um, a consumption-based, I suppose, twist on everything. So there's a bit of a political bent. Clearly, yeah. there is a political bent. Um, we're not going to try and hide that, but um, we do want to make... No, um, don't hide it. Let's <laughs> celebrate it. Tell us. Where are Marxists? Well, we call it... Um, <laughs> no, hardly. <laughs> but, I mean, we want to just create a show that, I mean, obviously we have a political... Um, we have political beliefs and, a, and an idea behind the show that is all about what we think um, about consumerism, about capitalism, about gender and race and sexuality and um, class and ability and all these things that fit in um, to a capitalist culture. Um, but we want to make it accessible for people um, for people to understand and formulate their own ideas about these things. Um, we don't want it to be like too heavy-handed or like you know hit you over the head. Um, with um, our own sort of political ideas. So we do leave it quite open-ended for the audience to decide um, how they feel about these issues. And tell me a little bit about your um, your company, which is called... Lucid Lucid Dream Dream Actually, we should let Emily tell you about Lucid Emily, Dream. join us. Join us on the, on the program. We're going to switch headsets here. Hello. Tell us about Lucid Dreams, Emily. All right, perfect. I have a headset now. Yeah, um, so Lucid Dreams is a company that I've started and brand new. It actually came out of a class project, uh, Make Your Own Company at UBC. Um, so this is the very first show that we've ever done. And basically the mandate is to create accessible theater um, that has, I guess, uh, political components to it as well and to engage people from kind of all walks of life and especially a lot of um, amateur artists. And I understand you uh, sort of things came together when you were working on the vagina monologues? Yeah, um, actually we're all, we've all directed that show at UBC. Um, it gets directed every year so um, okay. Emily and Anushka actually directed it together and then I directed it the year after them and so we all kind of um, I guess got bonded together in friendship through the vagina monologue. Um, we're thoroughly sick of them now. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. And are there any parallels between the vagina monologues and uh, Capital Alice? Well, there there are some. Um, the issue that we have is the vagina monologues are a very interesting piece, but yet they're um, they're kind of grounded in a, in a time. Like, you're not allowed to change the vagina monologues. You're not allowed to add new voices. And so we wanted to take the spirit behind that kind of movement, that kind of theater of being very um, very powerful, very political, many voices coming together, um, but kind of make it newer, make it more able to change and uh, get our own ideas in there as well as opposed to um, presenting someone else's. And, of course, like, I mean, the vagina monologues are very... Um, they're very focused on gender, and they're specifically focused on gendered violence. And so our show, I think, I mean, we come from the same kind of grounding in um, a kind of feminist um, politic, I would, I would say, but not the, but we're not dealing with the same issues. We're not tackling, um, we're not tackling issues of gender violence. We're more tackling issues of gender identity and how, how that is like couched in a whole societal idea that like and how is that formed by everything we do and everything we buy and everything that we're constantly being bombarded with without really being aware of um so yeah yeah and the show where it's, it's very academic in many ways uh it's very clever but it's but also funny. very hilarious uh there's music there's uh you get Karl Marx and Adam Smith they perform a little boy band song for us uh there's you know dolls come to life it's it's very funny uh 
There's a lot of uh, risque elements to the performance as well. Uh, we have a warning, uh, nudity, radical ideas, and uh, sequence. <laughs> and sequence. Sequence, very dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. <laughs> now, let me ask you, uh, Shane from Plank Magazine was here, and I understand you guys were sort of off to the side having a chat. What what were you guys talking about? Um, well, yeah, Shane actually was um, in our in the front row okay. on our opening night, um, and he was reviewing us. Um, we were one of the first shows he reviewed, and so we were just kind of chatting about the review, what he thought of the show, getting some feedback from him, having some discussion. It was really interesting. I think it was a it was actually a nice opportunity to be able to talk to someone who'd reviewed you. Why? Because I think for us as as creators and and artists and activists, we have to always be critical of, of our own work and of our own politics. Um, so um, so this kind of this kind of opportunity is really, really important because um, I mean, when you create something that's that's your own and something that I mean, we spent so much time and money and just, you know, blood, sweat, tears, et cetera, um, on this piece. I mean it's like our baby. Um, you can get to a point where you're like, Oh, don't say anything bad about it, I'll cry and I hate right. you. Um, but it's really important to all of us, um, as as artists and activists to not do that and to take criticism um, seriously because we're not, it, this isn't just about us, it's also about our audience. We want to to address um, people with respect and, and, you know, we assume that they're very intelligent people in our audience, so when they so when they tell us things that they may have had issues with, we have to take them seriously. Um, and, um, and yeah, so it was a really unique and important um, opportunity because a piece of a piece of theater is never finished being creating. I think that's being created. I think that's what makes theater so exciting and so different from all other kinds of art is that it's never done. Um, you always have a chance to change it, um, and and every single night is a completely different performance. So. So, yeah, having that opportunity to talk to somebody is, is really exciting because then we can um, find out what we want to work on. Uh, it, it must be true of, of theater because why else would the vagina monologues be done year after year if they share unless it wasn't done? <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, thanks, guys, for coming in. Um, um, I will say um, that you have, uh, is it two shows left? Three. Three, three. sorry, three. 16th is tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there are three shows left. So September 16th, the 18th, and the 19th. So basically tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Yes. Yeah. And um, tomorrow the show is at 6.30 p.m., on Saturday, it's at 5.40 p.m., and on Sunday, it's at 3.15 p.m., and that's at Studio 16. Which is not on the island, but it's just right up off the island on Granville and 7th. Right. So. Great. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks so much Thank for having us. Thank you very us. much for having us. All right. So uh, we are nearing the very end of – it is 6 o'clock. Yeah, we are at the very end of uh, the live broadcast of the Arts Report. We have survived this journey together, and I can't thank you all enough for being on this journey with us. Enough uh, hokiness from me. Um, this is uh, CITR 101.9 FM. Coming up next is uh, Real to Real. Uh, join us next week for another exciting uh, 